0: Today's episode is sponsored by Salinas Mexican Restaurant in Taqueria in Rochester, New York. Salinas is celebrating our 25th year in Rochester, and we are proud to continue offering fresh-made, Mexican-inspired recipes that are affordable and served by Rochester's best. Check out our event space for private occasions, as well as our catering menu for groups of 10 to 2,000. Looking for something different to do? Salinas hosts monthly tequila tasting classes, as well as corporate team-building seminars. Check out the website to learn more. Salinas.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S.com.
1: Hi, it's Kelly and Kelly, the host of Getting Real with Bossy.
0: Join us in Buffalo, New York for our Bossy Small Business Conference 2023 Focus and Fortify October 16th through the 19th. This event is open to the public and you can find event details on our website,
1: bossyroc.com. The agenda we've created will help you fine tune your business and fortify its foundation. Devote time to magnify your business structure as we enter the fourth quarter of 2023 You will leave with tools and tips to maintain focus on what's important and a plan to start 2024 on solid ground. Join us to focus and
0: fortify Buffalo, New York, October 16th through the 19th. Be bold.
2: Be brave. Be the boss. Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican Restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. When you're on the West Side, grab a quick bite at the new Selena's Taqueria Grease, 745 Maiden Lane in the Topps Plaza. Find out more at selenas.com, S-A-L-E-N-A-S. Jazzcast pros. I often
3: see employees who become entrepreneurs, or even just entrepreneurs who are naturally employee-minded, behaving in ways in their business that are more suited to be an employee, and it's making their business not go as well as they want it to. So common. It is very common. It is probably one of the number one reasons why businesses fail is that they're they're looking for someone else to solve problems for them. And so not everybody is drawn to. Being an entrepreneur because of creation. You know that you're naturally an entrepreneur because you enjoy the creation. Right. I didn't see myself as a creative person until I became a a full entrepreneur. I was always like, no, I'm not really creative. I'm more logical, analytical. I can see things, I can make programs, et cetera, et cetera. Creative. I didn't see it as that (laughs) because I wasn't an employee mindset. You have to make the decision Mm -hmm. that you're an an entrepreneur in order for it to work.
1: Hey ladies, do you own your own business or are you considering starting your own? Are you craving connection and are ready to feel seen? It's time to get real about what it takes to make it as a woman business owner. My name is Kelly Bush. And I'm Kelly Metris. And we're the hosts of Getting Real with Bossy, the podcast that unites and educates women business owners through real, raw, and honest conversations. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Well, you know, another day that is not
0: going how I planned
1: they never As do. As we keep
0: saying and improv acting and it's just
1: so. Yeah, that's okay. Talking to Rianne Lacatina today, she is a holistic business coach. And I know we've interviewed several different business coaches. And I'm curious what her take is being a holistic business coach that's new new to me. So I'm excited to learn more about her.
0: And the thing I love about Bossy is how much I've learned that even if you're in the same business, like how different we all approach it, right? which gets you different customer basis, based mm-hmm. on like what your strengths are and what your goals are. Um, and I just find it fascinating. So I've, I actually like that we've been interviewing a few different coaches this year.
1: Right. Me too. All right, we're starting.
0: We're starting. Yeah, hi, Jazzy.
1: Today we have a new to us business owner. Why don't you introduce yourself?
3: Hi,
0: I am
1: Rayanne Lacatina. I
3: am a holistic business coach, and I work with female and male entrepreneurs um, of all different types and kinds. I have chiropractors and authors and artists and brick and mortar restaurateurs. I have. All different kinds of artists, creators, lots of different business owners, new beginning experienced, helping them to get to their next level and live their
1: happiest, healthiest, wealthiest life possible. Um, Wealthiest life. You know, when we were talking about that before you got here and I thought, I feel like my business (laughs) health is pretty good right now with what I've got coming up, but Mm -hmm. certainly not my wealthiest and that'd be nice.
3: One of the things that we talk about in holistic wealth is that it's not just wealth and currency that's important. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, we're in business; we need to make money. They don't take happiness at the bank. No, they don't. They do not. Even though we'd like them to, yeah. we have to earn money too. And so, we yes, we want to acknowledge that we want to make currency. But sometimes we can be wealthy in relationships. Mm-hmm. We can be re- wealthy in health. And so, there's lots of different ways to generate wealth in our business and in our life. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So, are you from this? Are you from Rochester? I
3: am. I'm from Arundel.
1: Oh, so that's where we're <laughs> spent a fair about. bit of time
3: at the Barrio. <laughs> Wonderful,
1: <laughs> and the <bar> world. <laughs> uh, okay, so you grew up in this area. I and, did. Yes. And eight year old Rand was like, "I'm going to grow up and teach people how to live their healthiest <laughs> and wealthiest holistic business life." That's
3: not exactly how it that's started. Quite not very exactly. Cool. No.
1: So when did this become your passion? Well, I always knew I was going to be a helper. That
3: was one thing I was certain about very early on. I'm an older sister, and so I was always helping out with the younger kids. And I always would look for the helpers and be attracted to the helpers and want to make sure that I'm creating value for people. I know one of the questions you guys sometimes ask is, were you bossy when you were eight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, sometimes I was a little bossy. I was the, I was the kid that was directing people and seeing things for like presentations or performances. Like we'd put on these big elaborate plays and I'd make my brothers wear dresses and, and engage in the play with me. So we we did a lot of fun things like that. Um, but I was also like a high achiever, a good student. I was the top of my class. And so I knew that I was a striver and a helper. Um, I started at social work actually. It was my first career, the first part of my career. I think you guys know a little bit about that, don't you? Yeah, just a little. (laughs) Just Just a little little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. So I started as a therapist and a case manager, um, and I helped all different types of families. I did a little bit of work in teenage parent support services, and um, I also knew that I had a strong connection with children, so I worked in pediatric palliative care for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a lot of work, um, but it was the most rewarding experience of my life. I had like a fast track on learning about life yeah, and grief and systems and loss and parenting and all the big questions of the world, like why God and how could this be possible? And what is the meaning of life? Because I was seeing some of these really major tragic experiences over and over again in my career. And so that did lead to some burnout, mm-hmm. um, but more importantly, it led to so many lessons for me. And one of the lessons that I learned is that I am an action taker and I, I see things that I can help people move through very difficult times, even in the worst circumstances. And so I what, the, the skills that I brought to the, the table were useful in a social work context, um, but this combination of burnout and wanting to Act is not always appropriate in the grief context. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. grief is just about being with yeah. and sitting with. You can't
0: necessarily act in that scenario. No.
3: And, that's, and rushing through that is not actually helpful. No, it's not. Not at all. And so I was faced with the burnout from the difficulty of the work, but also this acknowledgement that maybe my skills weren't being used in the way that they could be used in the best possible. So I ended up having one of those why God moments where I was like, what am I meant to do when I'm growing up? Why is all this happening around me? And coaching came into my life. And that's just a better fit for me instead of counseling. People always ask me, like, what's the difference between counseling and coaching? And the way that I describe it is that counseling is about cleaning up things that have happened in your past so that you can get very present and experience your life differently now. And what coaching is about, taking what you learned from the past and looking ahead to the future And getting present so that you can experience the future differently. So it's like a culmination of everything. You need therapy if you have trauma in your past to get present. So there's incredible value in all the skills. And that's one of the things that I bring uniquely to the process of coaching. Not every coach out there has therapy skills. Um, so I bring all of those things together in service to my business owners because it turns out business owners have anxiety. And oh, what? Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> a little bit of trauma. So, so yeah. high-functioning yeah. so yeah. high anxiety. Yeah. So all the things that came with me along the way um, now serve the business owners that I take care of. We do little hat tips to the past and cleaning up trauma. If there's major trauma, we always work in conjunction with a therapist. Or if there's something that feels like it needs a different container, there's always work. With a therapist. Um, but I am no longer a therapist. I closed my therapy practice. It was my first business, was a uh, therapy practice. And then I I moved into fully owning my business just a couple of years ago. Which oh, is, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to stop you there because that is one hell of an elevator pitch. I
0: don't think <laughs> I've been breathing since you started talking about the palliative care kit. <laughs> right. Okay,
1: Amazing. No. And you've got that down so well. And I hope that's one of the things that you teach business owners because I stumble through. My elevator pitch all the time, and it takes three times as long, or a quarter of the time, which is neither good. That wasn't
3: too long. No, <laughs> no, that was perfect.
1: Good feedback. Iona, not- so I want to go all the way back and okay. talking about you were a helper from the beginning. Did you seek were there people in your life that you could like adults that you could look to as a younger Ram? Like this is kind of what I'm. I want to do is there like. Cause I feel like that was something that was important to me. And there was one person I know that I was like, okay, helper person. I'm gonna, I'm following what you do. And that was somebody I didn't realize until later in life. I really, somebody that I was not necessarily super close with as a child, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I really followed what she did. I really kept an eye on that. So I'm wondering if there was somebody in your life like that.
3: Well, there's this interesting thing, maybe not going to answer your question fully, but one of the the things that I learned in this process of knowing I was going to be a helper is that sometimes you have to learn from what not to do. Mm -hmm. And so there is modeling. It's not necessarily a bad thing and what not to do. And so I had some of those models and the models of what does resonate with you. And what I learned from, you know, some important teachers that were very nurturing, um, some important coaches and musicians that were in my life. Um, I learned a lot of the skill sets that yes, I brought into my career through witnessing them. And what I saw myself doing is that I could actually feel things differently than other kids. I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. And so I could see and notice more than other people. And at first, it was very, very, very difficult for me because I was getting all this input of what to do and what not to do and what works and what doesn't work and what creates feeling and what doesn't. And it, it became a lot until I learned how to manage that. Sure. So there was a lot of models, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> some that that showed me ways and to follow through and some to, to avoid. Right. Yeah.
1: And then you went to school for social work. I did. And about what age was it that you were getting involved in palliative care?
3: Let me see if I can like, so I did my undergrad in um, psychology, music, and French, because I originally thought I was going to be a music therapist. And then okay. I brought in the lens to social work because mm-hmm. music therapy was a little bit too limiting in what I wanted to do. And I opened it way up to social work. Right. And I started teenage parent support services right out of um, my master's program, And then about three years later, I found my way into pediatric palliative care. First,
1: you were quite young. I was very young. Is
3: that different? Is that unique? uh, Yes and no. First, I started with hospice in the elderly population, but I knew I was working my way into the pediatric population because I was very drawn to do that. So I was one of the younger folks in the hospice world. The folks that worked in the pediatric palliative care were a younger crew. Um, the, the other case managers and therapists that I work with were younger sometimes, but we had a whole collaborative team of people. We had, you know, oncologists and nurse practitioners and um, specialists, uh, all different types of folks that were helping. So all different age groups, actually. Hi, Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs>
1: so saying hi. He needed – that's an ice – he needed an icebreaker. We ice did. Breaker. I know. We can't My hear that. Question, My dog freaking out upstairs.
0: He just wants to make sure we know he's there. I think <laughs> so too. My question that I always think about because we talk about our history and where we worked and nobody ever talks about who's helping you. Mm-hmm. So like – Because what you did is a whole nother level of like trauma and stress and exposure Mm -hmm. to life lessons, as you said, right? Like learning how to be in those moments.
3: Did they have anybody on that team that helped you guys? This is one of the gifts that I got from that job was that. I One of the things that we were charged with doing is creating an, as much of a circle of support around these families as possible. And so I learned, like, belligerently the importance of having a village around people. And I just adopted that for myself. I saw, like, okay, if if we need to create support for these families – then why wouldn't it apply to other humans too? And so I always talk about like building a village around yourself so that you have all these different teams of people supporting you. We, the team itself supported one another. Um, we had wellness days. I elected therapy. I, we had a good supervision. Um, and so, and I also added things in like massage and exercise and meditation because i knew i was feeling it in my body like i can't this is a lot to carry if i don't learn how to shed some of this and to make make sure this is theirs and not mine and so one of the things these families taught me was how to manage my empathy and my energy because it was such an intense situation you kind
1: of were forced to do that right cuz they're living that they have no yeah, choice but yeah. to and do you that.
3: can't you you want to be empathetic and compassionate enough to support them but you can't join them so much that you're crippled on the floor with the pain that they're experiencing because it's their pain.
1: Yeah. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting to me. I just assumed this was an older group of people that would be doing this kind of work, mm-hmm. but I guess it kind of makes sense. And what a gift, what a gift that you were able to give I and know. to get mm-hmm. for your future and what you're being able to give to other people now, I think.
3: Yeah. I think about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for that experience.
1: How long has it been since you were working?
3: So I've been a business coach now for almost 11 years. Okay. So 11 years since I tailored back as an employee of pediatric palliative care. I actually moved from being an employee of and a social worker into coaching, but I moved and, and worked under somebody in their coaching business. So I was still an employee for about 10 years. And then I became a full business owner, and went out and opened my own practice, my own business coaching. And since then, I have been fully a business owner. But I'm only really a new business owner, but I've been teaching business for 11 years.
0: So when you walked in to get that job working under or as a business coach in someone else's practice,
3: you were just like,
0: so... You should hire me, Kyle.
3: (laughs) The person who brought me into their practice saw something in me. Okay. And they invited me into the practice. I was, again, I was having one of those why God moments and explaining what it was. It was a mentor of mine who was seeing my pain, but also my abilities and was able to help see and draw out of me some of the things that I could bring to the table in a coaching capacity too. And so I I, that's another gift along the journey as well is being someone else being able to see me even through the pain. That's awesome. Yeah. There's this ironic part that I have a very strong sense of integrity in business and in life. And I felt this like push and pull between teaching business, but not owning a business so I feel like stronger in- integrity now owning a business of my own instead of just teaching it because it is a totally different experience to be an employee than an entrepreneur. You,
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because Kelly and I, you know, when we were creating bossy and especially how the transitions we've made in the last year, like what are we offering? Cause we still have those moments where like, what are you doing? Like, do we even have, what business do we have doing this? But we feel the things that we have, we are business owners. We're not, you know, there's there's great organizations, there's great chambers out there that are teaching these things, but they're not a business owner. Yes. So they just don't think that's just like you only go this far where we can go. We can go all the way. Right. We, we've had success. We've had business. We've had businesses that are are not with us anymore. Mm. So we just <laughs> were able to kind of. <laughs> you don't like my word. <laughs> Failures, we've we had failures, failures. We, have failures. We have we can, failures. we can talk about that if you want to. That's an important part of being an entrepreneur. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah, that's it something is. That, that we can we can share with people. That, yeah, you know, somebody who is an employee for another business can't really do. So I think that really resonates with both of us. Yeah, you know, that that you know. Yeah, maybe feels a little bit more validating when you're when you're coaching. As yeah. Your own business
3: yeah. So I've been able to work with uh, so many different business owners, but there is something different about really stepping into that and and experiencing it in your own cellular <laughs> mm-hmm. time frame. And that's one of the things that I like to talk to people about is I often see employees who become entrepreneurs or even just entrepreneurs who are naturally employee minded behaving in ways in their business that are more suited to be an employee. And it's making their business not go as well as they want it to. It is so common. It is very common. It is probably one of the number one reasons why businesses fail is that they're they're looking for someone else to solve problems for them.
0: Well, and if you think about like you went from working for a business coach practice to having your own practice, like you're doing the same job, but now you're the one in charge. Like yes. I went from working in the restaurant to owning the restaurant and it was very hard. Yeah,
3: you went through that too. To that's right. Be like, oh wait,
0: I have to figure all this out now.
3: Yeah, like who's gonna help here? Yeah. Oh, oh wait. It's kinda like when you buy your first house and you're like,
0: landlord, yeah. right? Landlord the water pulling yeah. into the basement. Yeah, right. Agree. Like, and you're like, oh wait, there's no landlord. Like, I'm the landlord like, you have to figure this out, right? Yes. But that's I think that's a separate process for people who were already in the exact same business. To have that, oh, wait, I'm in charge now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I always tell people, like, I don't feel like I own Selena's because I've always worked there. I've done so many different jobs there that a lot of times it's just like, well, this is my job now. My job now. And that also kind of helps me segregate it because I'm like, well, my job now is this. I'm not the waitress. I'm not the bartender. I'm not in the kitchen. I'm running these people.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And like, it took me a long time to get there and be like, oh, well, this is just my job now. Instead of feeling like I had to do
1: all of the other things. Because yes. that's what I always did. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not effective. Right. It's not effective leadership. and like, it's kind of the working on and working mm-hmm. in your business, which I think right. you kind of take a step further. Yes. And I, I'd love to, to passion hear. projects.
0: Yeah. Like I'm yeah. really passionate about this. I'm going to mm-hmm. open a business and be really passionate about it. Mm-hmm but then you can't
1: always be passionate when you're doing all of the shit that goes along with owning a business (laughs) or realizing all of that shit because people don't understand all of the things that you're now in charge of as a business owner.
3: Yeah. It really starts with an identity first. And that's one of the first things that people can do for themselves is there's so many people that I encounter in conversations that I have in the business world that aren't even seeing themselves as a business owner. Like for, for, 15 years, I had a therapy practice and I never once called it a business. But it was a money-making business. Yeah, I, mean. I never even thought of myself as a business owner. It wasn't until now, 20 years later, that I'm like, oh, I had a business I own did own only business. I had <laughs> me 15 <right>? years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed myself. Oh, wait. I have I lots of experience. Myself. I, I, even today, I was like, I didn't have a business until two years mm-hmm. ago. Well, no. no. Actually, I've been, yeah. I'm have a very experienced business owner, but I never saw myself as that. So one of the first things that I do with people is I will interrupt. Like, you actually just did it now. You, you call it your job. Yeah. It's not your job. <laughs> you know, are
0: it's still my job. Like, it's what I get paid to do, wow. right? Like, I own the business, but I have a job. But the way you get paid qualifies is
3: very different now. Though.
0: Yes. like I. And as somebody that got paid in tips, it was very hard yes. that I couldn't just work more mm-hmm. when I needed money. Right. It's like, right. oh, Christmas is coming. I'm going to work more. And it's like, no, you're probably going to get paid less no matter how much you work. That it's is another, another <laughs> major
3: symptom that right. I see is trading time for money. Yep. Instead of looking at the bigger picture or doing more, thinking doing more gets you more, it's learning how to actually slow down and back up, as you said, working on the business instead of in the business. And so drawing that lens back and seeing the full picture is a part of what you get paid for. Yeah. And it's a part of how you create value. And it's a part of how you're going to own a successful business. But until you call yourself a business owner... And until you see that you're the person that's going to create the solutions. And also another major symptom of this is people not willing to invest in themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, I know you guys went through a little bit of this. It's with scary. Yeah, with the membership and everything. <laughs> yeah, It's hard for, for business owners who are seeing themselves as employees and seeing, like, where's my next, my next paycheck going to mm-hmm. come from? Right. It's not about getting a paycheck. It's about creating value. And so you have to invest in yourself to get a return on the investment. So there's a lot of scarcity that comes in impl- being an employee-minded. You want that consistency, that safety, that structure. When sometimes in the entrepreneur world, there is, I mean, you have to create this right. consistency and the structure. It's coming from you. So it is a very different animal. I mean, I'm, again, naturally an employee-minded person that learned how to be an entrepreneur. So there's things you can do to learn how to do it. You just need to first become aware that you are acting like an employee in your business.
1: Right. And I think you can say, it's my job, but you can leave a job. You can, right. I mean, you can leave a I business. Mean, I, can but leave it, my business. I talk about it all lot, the time. A lot, of, a lot more steps than just not showing up. I have a bunch day. of exit right. plans. Right. That is something <laughs> yeah. that many, many steps to do that, where you can just not <laughs> yeah. show up to your job. Right. right. So I'm curious. Which is why
0: I haven't shut my business down.
1: How do you know if you are an employee type person or an entrepreneur? How do you? How do you help us figure that out? Well, the
3: easy answer to the question is I actually just made a quiz okay. that people can take. Oh, I love quizzes. <laughs> it's like a, like a teen magazine quiz. Or like- oh,
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
1: so you is you- there a mash at the end? Because then I'm all set. Yeah. Is Ryan Reynolds in there at all? Yeah, obviously. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm in. You can go to my website and, and take the quiz that's on the website. I register for the newsletter and it'll help you see some of the, the different symptoms and signs of being an entrepreneur. But I can give you some, some hints about it. If you're looking at your money and you, like I said, if you want that paycheck, if you're looking for consistency, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but then feeling strangled by the absence of it, Mm -hmm. like you'll see, you'll see business owners out there who are paralyzed with when it comes to money because they're thinking it comes in these normal intervals all of the time when really it can be ebbs and flows. Like Mm -hmm. there's seasonality. We have business owners who are creators that their biggest season is around the holidays. Why would it? Why wouldn't it look right? Like and that? I think you
1: said it can. It, it just does. I don't think there's another option. It,
3: well, you can you can artificially create consistency in your business. like you could create an S-corp or something that gives you a paycheck, but you have to get to that point right where You have to have a savings account and draw make withdrawals. There's ways to artificially create consistency to make you feel more safe. But if you're just living in a state of paralysis because you don't get a paycheck every month, you may be acting like an employee in your business. Or again, if you're not investing in yourself because you want somebody else to invest in you, you want someone else to pay for your education, you want someone else to tell you what to do in your business, this is the thing that I love helping my entrepreneurs with is that there's a lot of programs and supports out there where they'll say, like, do this thing, these 10 steps, Mm -hmm. and you will have a successful business. But what I've come to see is that the way that your business is successful is if you know yourself really well. And that's where I bring some of those like inner skills that other coaches won't necessarily have Mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of internal world, like a lot of noise going on in the brain and the head and the mind that you need to work through in order to be a successful entrepreneur. And part of that is authentically knowing who you are, because if you're communicating authentically to your audience, they're going to receive that, resonate with that and be more likely to know, like and trust you and then buy from you. And so if you're trying to be somebody else or imitating somebody else or doing someone else's 10-step business process, you're not showing up authentically, at least not fully. Sometimes it works, you get lucky, but more often than not, you have to go inward and you have the answers and your unique ability inside of you just takes a little bit of learning how to be comfortable in your own skin and confident and speak up for yourself and learn how to bring it to the marketplace in a way that is aligned with what they need solving problems for your for your clientele these are all things that we want to pay attention to both inside of ourselves and also what's happening in the world because it's like it's not just internal it's also external you have to solve a problem for the clients or else they won't buy you don't well, and
0: it's also like my husband wants to sell tongue tacos and i'm like <laughs> but you're only going to sell two and the tongue comes in like a 20 pound i mean we buy, tongue yeah. I would not. You know, I would so not. Like, I would. I can you know, speak for those try that. that would run. <laughs> it's like I would love to be able to sell really cool things, but then I just lose money because. Yeah, that's a really good example. Don't want them. Most of the I don't want tongue tacos, but most of the people that come in also don't. want them. <laughs>
3: yeah. So remember when you like felt frozen from talking about
1: pediatric palliative care? Yeah. That's how I feel about tongue tacos. Tongue tacos. <laughs> like no, they're apparently can't amazing. Can't talk anymore. I'll call. Aaron but one of the things Kelly always likes to bring up, like, what are you fucking expert at? And I'm guessing because of your background in therapy as well and social work, getting somebody to know their authentic self is probably something that you're an expert at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. I don't know. I feel like you hear it all the time, like, be your authentic self. And it's probably on a T-shirt or embroidered on a pillow somewhere. I'm probably. sure. But when you talk about that as a as a business owner, and it's specifically a woman business owner, mm-hmm. not because that's the topic of our podcast, but <laughs> because it's so important, we were just at a conference in New York City, women in hospitality, and there's these powerhouse panel of women, and one of them was like, "I've never felt imposter syndrome," and we're all like, "Bullshit, you're <laughs> full of crap." Like, but at the end, they're like, "We got to cancel it," like we, and I feel like mm-hmm. no, like really. Really getting to know your authentic, who you are authentically and what Mm -hmm. that person brings to the business. How can you have imposter syndrome then? So I feel like that might be the answer. To getting rid of that
3: well it's both yeah you do have it and you can move through it i call it spiral learning there are these things that we like all that come back to like there's things you're like really i'm doing this lesson again are mm-hmm. you kidding me i thought, like, I, I, thought learned, I learned this when i was 15 really 15. learned this lesson seventeen thousand <laughs> times but i when when we're growing in the lessons I see it as an upward spiral that gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so then eventually we see the lesson. We're like, oh, yeah, there you are again. Hey, girl. Right. Come on, sit down, have tea. We're going to have coffee. What do you want? Tell me what you need to teach me and then please get out. And so I will see high-powered business owners, very successful business owners still having imposter syndrome. Uh, One of the, the entrepreneurs that I served recently just got a very important invitation to a very important place in the country. And she was like, how the fuck? Am I here right now? But she's an important person. She just didn't see herself as important enough to be in that room. And then she realized quickly, like, no, I created this. I am here on purpose. And so we still have these moments, these lower self ego moments, these amygdala moments, these fight or flight moments where we're like, I have no idea how I got here. Who is this? I don't even know myself. But the more we land in our authentic self, our confidence, we're clear about who we are and who we are not the better we're able to spiral up that learning.
1: And it probably goes faster each time. So much faster. Right. So you have so to be much able faster. to work through it to recognize it because it's going to happen again. And maybe kind of being at peace and acknowledging this this will happen again and these are my skills. Not
3: even just I'm at, right at peace with it, but like <laughs> when, when you get to a certain point with you're like, oh, okay, so I'm here again. That means I'm growing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like an, an invitation, like, yeah, what's my next level? Because I know that when I spiral up into this growth, I'm going to be an even greater version of myself.
0: I feel like I can cancel therapy tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to call her up and be like, I'm sorry. I just spiraled up. And
1: I'm <laughs> well, and I'm envisioning like this, like donkey Kong. Yeah. I mean, like what if like like really <laughs> like, super, like you're getting to your next level i can get through yeah. it faster because i've done it before yes, i recognize exactly. the signs. but i'm excited because i'm not going to just be at peace with it thanks for calling me out on it yeah. i'm going to be excited and invited in cuz i'm getting to the next level yeah
3: it's not a problem it's and right. that's one of the uh, the another really important symptoms of an entrepreneur or or positive traits of an entrepreneur is that they see that growth and they get excited about it they see a challenge or a barrier and you're like yeah i'm going to learn something here they don't get like oh no a problem or oh, I made a mistake or I failed. It's an exciting piece because business owners see those as opportunities. And so if you're worried about failure, behaving as an entrepreneur or an employee instead of an entrepreneur, because you have a lot of safety and structure in an employee setting, someone else is called to the carpet if something doesn't go right. right. But if you're an entrepreneur, you invite the failure because it means you're moving forward. And it's not a problem. We we judge failure as good or bad, but really it's growth if we allow it to be. Yeah. You said, what am I really fucking good at?
1: And, <laughs> fucking expert
3: at. Uh, fucking expert at. Yeah. It's actually empathetic listening is what I say. Because I can hear things in people, like I talked about that empathy piece, and they say things with their bodies, with their energy, with their businesses, with their families. So it's not just listening with my ears. It's just like this all-encompassing, as I said, holistic listening where I can see things clearer than other people can see them for themselves. And I help decode it for them so that I draw it out of them. I don't just say like, here, here's your business plan because <laughs> right. again, that's not going to work. Right. If I tell you to do this in your business, you're only going to be doing what I told you. And then I am somehow the entrepreneur of your business. Right. So I can't do that. Coaching is about maybe seeing things more clearly than the, the person you're working with, but also helping give them the power and taking their own power back and drawing out of them. So it's listening and question asking that gives people their power
1: back. I feel like, and we've kind of talked before that coaches are becoming more and more. I mean, there was like the, the life coach boom. What was that? 12 years ago that it kind of all started, but now we're seeing a lot more business coaches mm-hmm. and love the marrying of the therapy and the social work. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what sets you apart from other coaches out there. And I I love that. Like what timeline, if I were to hire you as my coach, like what is, like, what does that look like? Can you walk me through? I'm I'm like, man, I need a coach.
3: Yeah. Primarily work with experienced business owners. So people who have successful businesses, that doesn't mean they haven't had trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. They've had, they fall flat on their face, but they've been through their business for a, a long time and they know what they're meant to, they know they're on their path they know they're on their purpose and they're ready to take it to the next level so they they are ready to in, to invest in themselves they see themselves like fully in business ownership they know that their business brings value to the world and they want to uplevel it so that's when i typically work with the business owner
1: all right Call you the up
3: level. <laughs> yeah, I have a mastermind for women entrepreneurs and it's called Next Level. So, these are all those women coming together in a community to support each other. Because that's the other thing that's really important is that even though we are the, you know, the people in charge as the business owners, it can be lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because There are more people who are employees than there are entrepreneurs. And because this is such a different experience, it can feel isolating sometimes. So I pulled this community of women together as a support uh, because female entrepreneurs thrive in collaboration and communication and support. And so I I saw that need and, and created that group. Love that. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very bossy. So bossy. I know. So I mean, that's pretty much how Bossy started was just
3: yeah, you we guys all have done up in a room an and we were job. like,
0: this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we are like, oh, wait, it's hard for you too. Okay, that's cool. Right. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I'm <laughs> traditionally,
1: those groups don't show that and I don't need to know. I don't need help when my business is going well, I need help when it's not, Mm -hmm. I don't need support when things are amazing. I've I've got that. Mm -hmm. I need need support when it's not. And to know that I'm not alone, know that I haven't done, I mean, how many times at the beginning of your business are like, Oh, that I'm, that just fucked this up for life. Like, there's no coming back <laughs> from this. And, like, the next day, I'm like, oh, God, I was really dramatic about that. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Right. I, I was spiraling down. Yeah. Um, that happens too. Right. But nobody talks about that. Yeah. And I think it's so important to have those conversations.
3: Well, that and... You know, so we don't want to be in a nine to five like an employee. But sometimes entrepreneurs will go in the other direction and create a 24-7 scenario. And so your brain, your brain is always on your business and it bleeds into your family life and your relationships and your financial life. And so one of the things that we work on is create. That's what holistic business coaching means to mm-hmm. me is that this is a you are one person having a whole experience, including your business. It's not business over here and person, uh, family over here. And even your finances get intermingled when you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur. And so we learn how to integrate all of that. And that's another one of those coachy words. But really bringing it all together so that you don't feel like you have to be on all of the time, so that you can learn how to take care of yourself in service to your business because that's a part of your job as the CEO. Stepping into the leadership for your life and your business is important for your business to be successful.
2: Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes, the Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to BeautyBossMillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up hi i'm kelly bush and i own marshall street bar and grill
1: whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event marshall street is your number one choice with board games pool darts pinball and three large screen projectors you'll never run out of things to do check out our huge menu with over 60 items including vegan and vegetarian food 18 taps unique spirits and great daily specials we've got something for everyone Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar & Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street.
3: Boundaries. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are so hard when you own the business. They can be, for sure.
1: And that's something you're you're an expert at, (laughs) teaching us how to maintain those boundaries or even recognize what they are. Yeah, well,
3: creating them Mm -hmm. sometimes. And as we move through the spirals, we need different boundaries. As we move through different seasons of our life, we need different boundaries. Like, for example, I am a, um, a business owner and a mother of three children and two dogs. So have a lot of people calling on needs from me right and so I had to every child every dog every child I had to create a different structure of boundaries mm-hmm. around my life and my business because different people need different things babies need different things than older kids and so yeah we have to think not think of boundaries as rigid I've got my boundary it's actually fluid but we always need to be assessing it and making sure that we're it's matching with where we are in our life and what we need in the moment to be as successful as possible. But right. so sometimes people fall prey to thinking like, I have a boundary and it is a line in the sand and that is the end of the story. Right.
1: Or it's that's a rule and it's not a rule boundary, it's something you're setting for yourself. It's yeah. not nobody has to follow that. It's what you do to maintain that. And I think mm-hmm. that's where people get confused. You're like, ah! Well, you intruded into my space. But right, you, didn't hold up
3: the you have to teach them yeah. how to engage with right. your you boundary. didn't just create
1: a rule. that <laughs> yeah, everybody's now- going to follow. Like, it's it's, yeah. it's really important. Mm-hmm. So, you primarily work with established business owners, right
3: now? Yes, I have mm-hmm. ha- i I do a lot of content um, delivery for on things like LinkedIn and Instagram to offer tips and tricks to new business owners too. And I have worked with new business owners in the past. I have had some small groups. Right now, I don't have one running. um, But I, yeah, I focus primarily on working with experienced business owners in my coaching one-to-one practice.
1: I think it's important. I think there's a lot of people out there that want to like work with new new business owners Mm -hmm. and get that drive where I feel like some of us Old timers are like, but we need help too. (laughs) Or we need to know that we need help or that it's okay to ask for help or it's okay to grow after 10, 13 years. Like, oh, I can go to a new level now. And it doesn't have to like completely disrupt my life.
3: Right. Yeah. And frankly, new business owners need different things than experienced Mm -hmm. business owners. There's like a whole world... There's a whole different dictionary you have to learn. Marketing and accounting and bookkeeping and the laws and rules and regulations and, you know, your mission and vision and values. There's a, there's a whole set of things right. to go through. If and so if you got. bring new business owners and experienced business owners together in a coaching group, sometimes that can get a little messy because, you know, there's there's it triggers imposter syndrome if there's a business owner who's never earned their first dollar and one who's earning multiple seven figures. Right. right. Or if there's a business owner who doesn't have their marketing plan or one that does. You know, we can communicate and collaborate with each other, but it's hard to get everything you need in a a mixed group like that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. More like a mentorship then.
3: Yeah. So when you
0: coach, is it always one-to-one? Well, I have the mastermind too.
3: Yeah, the mastermind is me um, and a a group of women.
0: And how often do you guys meet?
3: The mastermind is a high-touch Mastermind. So we meet almost every week and I, we have a, a, a telegram chat? Do you know what those are? No. It's like a... <laughs> I'm
0: already yeah, interested. I I'm not you know, like super old school. and I'm like, this sounds fun. Do I get it, to it, like...
1: Do, 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 do it, Let's it, telegraph.
3: It's basically that. It's <laughs> it's, it. it's an open chat, basically, mm-hmm. that's separate so that we can keep a separation and boundaries just for us women who are in the, um, the mastermind. And the beautiful thing about a mastermind is that we all are coaching each other. So sometimes, okay. you, know, I'm, you know, I'm asking for support, but most of the time they're supporting each other. And so this telegram is open for any time. We can set our own boundaries around when we check the telegram because that's our job as a business owner. Right. But inevitably, um, you know, there are there are circumstances that happened, illnesses with family or, you know, a problem employee or something you've never run into in your business that you want to know someone else's opinion for a piece of copy that you're not sure is going to hit. Right. And the women will bring it into that into that telegram chat at any time throughout the week, month, year. And support each other, which is really fun. So it's basically an all the time mastermind. Yeah. (laughs) We also have an in-person session because there's something to be said. This is a perfect example of working on the business instead of in the business. If we're only ever at the place we work, doing the things to create the money, we miss so much opportunity when we don't step away, get out of our natural environment and think about what our business is going to do and what it's doing right now. And so I remove everybody from their natural environment. We go someplace else oh, together. Scary
1: and wonderful all at once.
3: Yeah. I, it's Im- impressive how much they accomplish mm-hmm. when they step away. Right. Because there's, there's just so much in life, so much in life that is pulling on our attention. But when we're there for this one singular purpose of taking care of ourselves and thinking about what our business is doing and what it needs to do, it's amazing what the brain cells will do and fire off all these ideas.
0: Well, it's even, I always say I do my best work when I go to the gym. Exactly. Not because I'm working out. It's because no one's talking to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not distracted. Like if I work from home, I'm like, oh, I should switch the laundry or oh, yeah. I, I want to have a snack. You know, it's like you have all these different distractions. Or yeah. if I'm at work, people are constantly coming in like, oh, how are you doing? I'm in a yeah. chat. And you're like, I got stuff to do. But at the gym, like no matter what I'm doing, no one talks to me.
3: You're also separate from yeah, space. And, and all of a sudden,
0: no matter yeah. what I'm, I could be reading People magazine and I'll be like, yeah, we should do. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <really need> to- <laughs>
3: exactly. exactly. It's and like, like those
0: random thoughts pop in your head. Yeah.
3: It's, it's literally next leveled when you step away for the sole yeah. purpose of retreating on your business. Do you ever do
1: retreats and things well, like
3: that's, that? Well, that's, that's what that is. Yeah. I've never done one yet. Yeah. Um, solely for just anyone to come. I have gone to many Mm -hmm. and I have the same experience in my own business because I I practice what I preach. I have my own coaching. I have my own village of people helping. I do my own masterminds. I work on my business and I have had that same experience too. When you step away, the floodgates open Mm -hmm. and you can really work out those problems and opportunities and next steps.
0: And that's what we're the best at. And that's why we own businesses is that we're drawn to the creation and the growth and the change and the problem solving. And I feel like most business owners have that different mindset of wanting the freedom to be able to do those things. But then once we own a business, we're sucked in, like you said, and we get sucked into that employee mindset because you just need things to happen right so that you can get paid at the end of the week. But then we don't get to do the part that makes us happy, which is... The creation and the right. problem solving and the, mm-hmm. the getting to think outside the box.
3: You would be surprised how many business owners I meet who do not see themselves as creative. And that is one of those things that you just, you called it perfectly. This is a employee mindset, or excuse me, an entrepreneur mindset. If you don't see yourself as creative, you're not fully stepping into the entrepreneur world because it's so creative. So creative. And so not everybody is drawn to being an entrepreneur because of creation you know that you're naturally an entrepreneur because you enjoy the creation right I didn't see myself as a creative person until I became a, a full entrepreneur I was always like no I'm not really creative I'm more logical analytical I can see things I can make programs because et cetera, et cetera. that's creative I didn't see it as that <laughs> because I was not the employee mindset
0: just because you're not painting
3: a, a portrait yeah. doesn't mean you're not yeah. Really creative. yeah but I had to make that switch and now I proudly you know I'm able to say I am a creative and it is super fun. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. the creation of the problem solving. Yeah. And Every getting to help other people do yeah. it too. Yeah.
0: Every time there's a problem, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how do we fix it? Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> favorite part of my job. Yeah. You see it's still my job. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's my job. Because, you know, like you have different roles and that's my work role. As long as you're
3: not seeing it as a job, you know, like right. that word can carry a lot of connotation. Yes. For some people. Yes. And I now that I'm like hearing you talk about your business, yeah. It's not an employee (laughs) mindset (laughs) now. No, just gotta be careful. Right? But I'm like,
0: what other job would I want? I don't want another job. I don't want to work for someone else. I don't want right. like, That's
3: a big one, too. People will make the decision to become an entrepreneur because they don't want to work for someone or else.
0: Or if I ever stop doing this, I'm like, I'm gonna get the most, I'm gonna be the best, most basic employee ever where I have to make no decisions <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I can be creative outside of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, go to work, be like, okay, you get me for seven hours today. Oh, and I'm also going to be the worst employee because I'm be like, well, I can't work Mondays and I'm really only available from like 11 to 4. Right. And, like-
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. If, I mean, that's one of the things I love most about being a business owner is that flexibility. And I can't even imagine there's times where we're like, you know, especially, you know, with the pandemic, like, are we going to have to go get a job? Like, are we going to have to do one of those things? And how do I
2: And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan.
1: I like to go to the bank when there's nobody there. I like to do (laughs) the things I need to do when it's the time that I want to get it done. And I can't even imagine. The interesting
3: part about that is employees, true employees who are meant to be employees, because there's nothing wrong with right. No, there's
0: nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me. Not, we need them. We,
3: well, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> and it's really, it's a different mindset. That doesn't mean good or bad. Mm-hmm. Employees actually thrive in the consistency and right. that nine to five. Yeah. They thrive with someone else managing the direction and and the, the 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 way that the business needs to go or the the way the company needs to go. They thrive in the paycheck. They thrive in someone else telling them where to be and what to do and when to do it. That's when they do their best work. Mm-hmm. Just like we get excited, being free and flexible and. You know, being able to create, they are thriving in a more consistent, stable structure. That I
1: don't know what my day is mm-hmm. going to look like tomorrow. Right. That, would, that would that would create freak so out. much anxiety <laughs> for someone, right? But I like that you point that out. That it's not better or worse. Right. I just started listening to a podcast, Babel. i babble on about a lot because I'm obsessed with this woman. Her name's Courtney Stanley, and her podcast is Dare to Interrupt. But she's does kind of similar interview style that we do, but she's interviewing vice presidents and people that are their employees. Yeah. And I'm like, these these women are still amazing. And I want to talk to these women too. And like, (laughs) how can we do that? And so it's very, I think it's really important to acknowledge that because we often feel like there's a disconnect. And I think the longer you are a business owner, the more you mingle with business owners, that tends to be your people. And it's like such a disconnect and Mm -hmm. it really doesn't need to be. And there's amazing employees and there's really, really horrible entrepreneurs right yeah. so I think right. it's very important to recognize too and I'm glad that you do that yeah it's it's
3: really about that collaboration the meeting in the middle so when we when we can just see where we're meant to be that's when things like for example hustle or um, side hustle mm-hmm. right so if you are an employee who has a business as a side hustle you're living in those two worlds mm-hmm. and so if you're taking the employee way of being and with your side hustle, it'll never become your primary hustle. Right. You have to switch on one or the other eventually for it to work fully. It doesn't mean one is better or worse. Mm-hmm. It just means you need to focus your attention and really hone those skills in the one you choose.
0: And I think a lot of people struggle with that. We see it a lot with yeah. people that aren't. It's it's terrifying because like you said, it is a safety net to have that consistent Paycheck right. and schedule, and then you're like, okay, well, I want to build this business on the side, and it's important to be able to financially sustain that business. But at some point in time, you have to go all in on one or the other. Like, right.
3: yeah, I had a employee, um, an employee who came to me once a year for a discovery session, because I'll have discovery sessions to see if people are a good fit for me. And this man came to me one year after the next and was wanting to start his business, wanting to start his business. But he was living as an employee, living as an employee, but he would not invest in himself. And it was like five years into conversations with him. He finally invested himself, started in in the coaching work with me. And the next day, got the biggest gig of his life in his side hustle. And his business started just thriving after that. You have to make the decision. Mm -hmm. That you're an, an entrepreneur in order for it to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fantastic.
3: <laughs>
1: now, is this idea, this entrepreneur, employer, employee, is that something you learned with your coaching or is that something that you've kind because this is a unique perspective? that I haven't heard from other business coaches that we've talked
3: to, is that? Um, Yes and no. So from my own perspective, Mm -hmm. yes. Like I definitely have seen it so clearly in me as first an an employee and then an entrepreneur. So I'm able to speak very cogently to it just from my own personal experience. Um, I also work with a lot of service professionals. And so like um, a therapist or a coach um, or a chiropractor or a doctor, they're seeing themselves as the expert But if they own a practice, they're also a business owner. And so one of the struggles that people will have is they'll try to run their practice and their service practice as an employee Mm -hmm. because they see themselves as the expert instead of also a business owner. That's what I mean. Like you have to identify as the business owner, too, in order for it to work properly.
1: Right. Right. Sounds so easy, but what a what a tough step. I'm yeah, sure, for it so can be.
3: People, it can be. It takes a lot of relearning, and that's one of the other things that we'll do in the work that I do because I have the therapy tools. I'll do like real cognitive reprogramming with people. So I learn the emotional freedom technique and cognitive behavioral therapy, and we use it appropriately to help people break out of patterns and old habits in their brains and their bodies and their behaviors, and really look at the feelings and things that are coming up that are preventing you from doing that.
1: If you're enjoying this episode, check out High Vibe Table Talks, where we start to remove mental barriers and take action now so you can achieve your someday desires. I'm your host, Marshawn Hargrave, and if you've ever heard that little voice inside to go after something, but the fear around the unknown felt too big, this is the podcast for you. Listen and subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks on the JazzCast Pros Network with the podcast listener you're using right now, because it is high time you activated your high vibes.
0: I want to circle back to you getting into business coaching in the beginning because I never even knew it was a thing mm-hmm. until a few years ago. Really, as I feel like life coaches got bigger and mm-hmm. business coaches got you know more prevalently, the terms were used more often. You were yeah. meeting more people doing it, and then when you were like, "Yeah, I started being you know in this business eleven years ago," I'm like. That was a thing 11 years ago. I had no idea that was a thing 11 years ago.
3: There are different industries that adopt coaching differently and earlier than other industries. Um, There are a lot of, for better or worse, a lot of male dominated industries Mm -hmm. that see the value in coaching before some of the female-dominated industries. You know, the athletic piece that comes, they just, some um, if we have an, a male athlete or a female athlete, they're more likely to adopt a coach because they see the value of someone else looking at their swing. Mm-hmm. They know they can't see themselves as clearly as someone else. And so it happened a lot earlier in the male-dominated industries. And so that's where it kind of began makes sense. for me. And yeah. that's why I still have two thirds men about one third women. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to speak on your podcast because I feel a certain type of way about that. And I'm mm-hmm. tired of female <laughs> entrepreneurs not being able to make it in the way that they want to. And I really want to help more women be successful. I really, this is one of my like, come on, let's go lady.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I just did a program through Goldman Sachs. I'm just finishing it. And one of the things that, and, and we talk a little bit about like that, that mindset, but being, especially as a restaurant owner, I feel like we hold ourselves back as business owners and entrepreneurs and all those terms because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I just do yeah. this. Kind of like when you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, just yeah. a social worker. Yeah. It's just, just a, it's a
3: It's a restaurant. It's a thing. It's yeah. not me who's the therapist Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I went into it expecting to feel less than all these people. I mean, it was hundreds of people across the country doing all these businesses for all these different lengths of time. And I'm one of the only restaurants that's in it. And as I'm going through the program, I'm like, how do you not know this? (laughs) How long have you been in business? Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And
0: then I talked to Kelly about it and I'd be like, no, we're, we're doing pretty damn well. Mm -hmm. Like we need to own it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not until you start to get those exposures and that understanding and, and learning other people and what they've been successful at and what they know. And then being like, you know, you are my peer. And yeah, you own this other company that makes chocolate equipment. And I, you know, it's like, but we're peers and it's it's a hard mindset to yeah. change and to remind yourself that I I always use Amazon as the example. Like, Amazon started selling used books out of a garage. (laughs) Like, come on. eBay started for Pez dispensers. Like, (laughs) come on. Like, There's no reason. And you get to make that choice. You don't have to be whatever. Mm -hmm. But to remind ourselves that we're all the same person. Like, Jeff Bezos is not special. Right. He just did the work. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's not your path and that's fine. But like, if you want that to be your path, right. There's nothing different about him than the way you're running your business. Like mm-hmm. you're able yeah. to do it if you want.
1: All businesses start as small businesses. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And there's also nothing wrong with some of the natural limitations that may come from and I immediately regretted saying the word limitations. I, re- <laughs> I revoke that word. I revoke. <laughs> yeah. Like as a mother business owner. It's easy to say, I can't open my, like, let me get my kids out of the house first and then I will do that thing that I love and that I have a passion for and I have a purpose and a calling for because I need consistency and structure Mm -hmm. and safety, which is what we feel like we get as an employee. One, I don't know if you guys have noticed how many layoffs are happening right now like tens of thousands of layoffs Mm -hmm. in the employee world. So I say that because it's not as safe and consistent as we make ourselves believe. Mm -hmm. Our job is someone else's decision. The business ownership is our decision. So if we, we have to change our mindset around what safety and consistency and structure looks like, and we can create you know, ways of being safe in our business. Like I still get a paycheck in my business because I'm naturally an employee. So I set up an S-Corp and the the business pays me. That feels good for me. I feel organized and structured. And so I'm able to live in my business well and safely because I set this up for myself. Right. And so I feel like I can pay my bills in the same way and I can take care of things the same way and run a business. So we want to just look at those parts of our lives that are telling ourselves we can't do it because... Women are so often told you can't do it because or you have these circumstances well, because. because you're a woman. Right. right. Yeah. So it's first. Sit because you get <laughs> you sit down, shut up, yeah. you know, make yourself unseen, make yourself small. All these messages that we get over and over and over again are, are also need to be looked at. And we have to talk about them in order to be successful as entrepreneurs, too. They're real. They exist. And I'm tired of them. And so <laughs> I want to help more people overcome those unnecessary limiting beliefs and experiences and bring what they love to the world.
1: And you're doing that. And I, I think am. <laughs> the women out there listening, this is we know this. We acknowledge that we're put in these positions and we're working harder and we're doing that we get very protective about what we're doing and it's okay to have somebody come in and look at what you're doing and mm. coach you. It's only going to make things better and I think That's probably one of the reasons why you don't have as many women or that's helpful yet that we are so like protective of what it is that we've built because we have to be because Mm -hmm. it was so hard to get here in the first place. Right. That now letting somebody else in feels threatening on some level or you're going to tell me I'm doing it wrong or God, I finally got here and now you're going to tell me to do something different. I don't have the I don't have the. I don't have the space to do that, mm-hmm. but it's not scary. And yeah, that's why a lot of men hire me
3: as a business coach because I'm a therapist first. Mm-hmm. Right. So they can say like, Oh, this is, you know, this right. is business therapy. Business so-, <laughs> therapy. <laughs> so they're able to let the guard down because I'm a safe person to nurture their business. Right. Um, so it's really helpful feedback. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's good to know. So
1: ladies <laughs> get out there and hire a coach. So if, if I'm feeling like I'm ready to go to the next level, um, how do I find you? How do I hire you? How, yeah. do get, how do we get in touch?
3: I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. My name is Raeann LaCatina, and I acknowledge that I am the only Ryan LaCatina in the world, so I can spell my name if I need to. <laughs> it's people are always like, huh? what? so mm-hmm. many vowels. What do I, what do, <laughs> there I do? There is. Every time I, I like write it out, mm-hmm. I'm like, am I spelling this right? Like, yeah. So I'm sure there'll be like a show notes or something, mm-hmm. a link yes. or something where you can find my name, but I can. Yep spell it if you, yes, you think i should it. spell it up. all right r-a-e-a-n-n-e l-a-c-a-t-e-n-a dot com dot com yeah That's and sweet. there's links for the mastermind there's links for the free quiz for the uh, to see if you're an employee and entrepreneur in your business there's and that's news- right on
1: your website because I'm going to yeah. do that when
3: you leave. Yeah. Well, there's, it's going to be out on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, Gotcha. Uh, but when so sign people up for are, the newsletter. She has
1: to change it
0: to have Ryan. Reynolds Reynolds, yes. <laughs> right, right,
3: right, right. I'm so sorry. I right. So, so after in, the podcast. sign the up Tuesday. for the newsletter. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 there's a, a first Monday of the month. I launched a little mini podcast with from free coaching and the newsletter where people can sign up and that's learn
0: awesome. more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I that's can't awesome. wait. I'm, sign- I'm signing up. I'm <laughs> signing up too, and I'm still building your video game in my head. <laughs>
3: <The> <laughs> Donkey Kong. Yeah. I With love the visuals. So working on that. <laughs> my game
1: is more like Mario
3: Kart. <laughs> All right, I'll
0: start developing. Oh my your gosh! Mario Kart. Instead of our friend show, we should do a uh, bossy video game sure <laughs> i think people no, no, just no. throw things at you mm-hmm. <laughs> here's a okay. google review here's a flood as long as it's not a tongue taco <laughs> as long as it's
3: not a t- well thank you yeah, so much t- ladies for having me here it was thank really you. fun to talk to you i really
1: appreciate you <laughs> spending your time with us and giving us these great tips and not all the tips because we want to still send people to you but i think you've given us a good idea of what you do and how you got here which is yeah. just fascinating thank and- you
3: And thank you guys for what you do with Bossy. You have built an amazing community, such a generous community, such an informative community, such a loving community, such an open community. I'm really happy to be a part of it. So thank you for having me there, too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. We love it. We do. It's lovable. It is lovable. It is lovable. As helpers, we
0: like that we have a support group. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
2: Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican Restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. When you're on the west side, grab a quick bite at the new Selena's Taqueria Grease, 745 Maiden Lane in the Topps Plaza. Find out more at selenas.com, S-A-L-E-N-A-S. Wow.
0: That was an amazing story. Right. That is not the normal like pathway to business ownership, I don't think.
1: I don't think so either. It was really helpful for me to understand the difference between business coach and life coach and business consultant and all of those other things. And they're all important for depending on what you need. But what a business coach is, is really kind of drawing that out where a consultant's just showing and doing where business coach is like really working with you. And I love that. I now know that distinction.
0: And I love the clarity that her past gave her and her experiences that got her to that decision. The palliative, pediatric care.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think simple. On a much less intense case, like, this is kind of how you and I come to how we run our business because of our background in mental health care and hillside, you know, but hers is, she really learned the importance of a village. Yeah. I think that's what she's creating. I wish I heard
0: that when we were going through it. Like, I kind of want to reach out to our old employer and be like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Um, Right. And what that would have changed in the way I did other things. So, yeah, I love that. Me too. I I think it really showcases what makes her different. Right. So one thing, I'm just going to throw this at you because we haven't prepped it yet.
2: I've been thinking
0: a lot lately and she actually brought it up briefly and I was going to ask about it in the interview, but it's more a question for you. We talk about the difference between being a parent and running your business and not having kids and running your business. And she had kind of made that distinction of like having to set boundaries because you don't have a choice. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And I was like, oh, that's a great segue. But I wanted to kind of keep it about her. So I was holding. But I was thinking about how there's a natural boundary setting that you have to do because someone has to get the kids to school or pick them up or when they're sick or they have a play that you're trying to get to. Like you have to learn how to navigate that life so that you can be a part of both. But then I was like, if you don't have that, how do you naturally set those boundaries? Because she talked a lot about that and encompassing the whole person and knowing that you're a person, not just a business owner. Is that something you struggle with?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think also because we, you know, I own the business with my my partner my family you know it's extra difficult to do but which is why I always say we have to focus that time you know that little time every day or where we separate our conversations and you're always like I don't do that but I don't think you necessarily have to because you have those set boundaries that are already in place then when your kids are around you're not going to sit and spend the entire time discussing work when my dog is around who is the only thing I have to take care of he doesn't really care what we talk about. Unless it's food. Then he really pays attention. But I think it's a little bit different. Then that's why we have to work. I have to work harder. Don has to work harder to make sure we have that set time where we're, we went out to dinner last night. And it, and we were at a new restaurant down the street from a restaurant. And we're like talking and talking. Like we have to stop. Like this is our one night this week. We can't sit and talk about work. I'm tired of talking about work. So it's, it's an extra, it's just more a thought, I think, where, you know, you have those things that you have to stop and you have to set that boundary where we have to say, nope, it's, it's our time. I didn't answer phone calls. I have like several last night and I sent Amy a message and I was like, here's a list of all the people that just called me, follow up because I'm not going to. So I think it's maybe just more intentional than instinctive. But it's but,
0: so important to have those boundaries. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. can spiral or talk yeah. video game.
1: Yeah, spiral it up. I am spiraling up. I love all of the images that she gave me yesterday. And like, I'm I'm really ready to start her, her video game if she needs that. For I thinking.
0: can't wait to take that quiz. So anybody listening, go take the quiz. Find out, are you an employee? Are you an entrepreneur? Because we find ourselves in both, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you sign up for the her newsletter. And all that information will be in the show notes. And just email her if you have any further questions or you want to start working with her, support at rianne lacatina.com she-
0: r-a-e-a-n-n-e
1: L- l-a-c-a-t-e-n-a.com
0: i love that she's got she's the only name i'm like jealous mm-hmm. i know that's really cool <laughs> I have your own website and thank you to jazz cast pros jazzy our Always. producer who's amazing and we love you and we can't wait to interview you
1: yeah, maybe we'll do that in Colorado when we're at the Podcast Movement Convention this summer, and we'll have so much to share after that, and how what we've learned, and all of our new sponsors, and our deal with Netflix. I'm sure all of that will happen in this four day conference in Colorado. I've got high hopes. Spiral it up, it's it's really. We're going to spiral out. up. We're going to mm-hmm. spiral
0: up, and I want to make sure that uh, we thank our sponsors, Marshall Street Bar and Grill, and Selena's Mexican. That's us and make sure to follow us bossy rock b-o-s-s-y-r-o-c and you can join bossy at bossyrock.com b-o-s-s-y-r-o-c.com
1: yeah we've got some great things coming up and we can't wait to wait to share it with all of you all right Kel, you have a great rest of your day and a great week you too
0: be bold be brave Be be the boss
2: Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican Restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. Find out more at selenas.com, S-A-L-E-N-A-S.com.
1: Hi, I'm Kelly Bush, and I own Marshall Street Bar & Grill. Whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event, Marshall Street is your number one choice. With board games, pool, darts, pinball, and three large screen projectors, you'll never run out of things to do. Check out our huge menu with over 60 items, including vegan and vegetarian food, 18 taps, unique spirits, and great daily specials. We've got something for everyone. Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar & Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street.